Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, September 10th, 2016, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me once again, look, look some sinus issues, but she's here. She's here. It's my lovely co-host, Dee. So other than that, how you doing, buddy? We're good. If we could just get the sinus issues out, I apologize to everybody. I sound somewhat like a frog, but... We will get through this. (laughs) We will get through it. We will get get through it. And you know what I wanted to ask you? I I trust that you enjoyed your your long weekend last week. I had a great time. I did. I had a wonderful time. It was enjoyable. I I got to get out of town for a little bit. So I had a really good time. I would like to be in that space right now. I know, I know. It was such a, a much-needed break, you know, mainly from the 9 to 5 grind, you know, but it, it allowed us to come back fresh and, you know, ready to bring all of you guys some all-new episodes, new blog posts, all that good stuff. So so we're we're geared up, and I just thought about this is our first September episode. This is so this year, anyway. Yeah, we're getting into fall. We are I'm getting into fall. Yeah, and you know we are still due to have our special show later this month, and we will be discussing all things fall. So you guys be on the lookout for that. We won't announce that ahead of time because we don't really even know what date we're going to do it. But it'll probably be a weekday. Probably a good chance it'll be on a Friday. But you know, be on the lookout for that. But once we do it, we will definitely post that for y'all, so you guys will know when it's coming up. Listen out. Listen out. <laughs> yeah, listen out. Listen out. Um, and also, you know what? A few weeks from now, it'll be October Pet Spectacular time. <laughs> that was a weak one. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You know what? Um, very small budget, so we don't have the sound effects. I, I got to still research and get those some more are, of those. Those are. <laughs> Our sound effects. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> and those will officially be beginning on Saturday, October 1st. So make sure you join in for that. Um, we're going to have some interesting topics for you guys. Um, this this is something extra. Um, I was told to let – well, you guys weren't aware of it, but I think, Dee, you were told about Ricky. Do you yes. remember? Okay. I remember Ricky. Okay. Yes, I will give everyone just a brief rundown. Ricky is this little dog that um, sort of ran into the house of my sister-in-law when she opened the door, and um, they figured that Ricky belonged to somebody. You know, he was uh, he looked like he'd been groomed, and I think he had um, tags or something like that, but they didn't have a name or anything. And so they um, – they uh, put Ricky's picture on Facebook and everything and, you know, put it out there that, you know, hey, they felt like he belonged to someone. And Ricky, they didn't know what, what his name was. That was just they gave That's him. They just felt like he looked know, like a Ricky. I was going to ask you if that was actually his name or was that the name that they gave to him? Because I thought, what a name for a dog. But, hey, you know, who am I to talk? I named my dog Boomer. 
Okay. Um, I don't. You know, there's probably someone. There's probably someone who has a yeah. pet. So. Yeah, I guess I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe someone does. They, they're kind you know, of in that family with ferrets. They sort of, you know. That's what I was going to say, you know, because somebody probably has a ferret and they're thinking that, oh, I have a ferret. Yeah, but it's probably. But, um, could be. So we'll just, could we'll be. Say, we, don't, we don't know anyone. Because <laughs> it's probably somebody. I don't know. Well, you're going to find out um, some interesting things about the weasel. Um, <laughs> and question number one is true or false? Weasels will deploy stink bombs when cornered. I say true. And you would be correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to put up a link to this particular site about the weasel. It's really interesting, but they say a cornered weasel can blast its opponent in the face with a thick, oily, yellowish fluid Ooh. that positively reeks. Um. And they say, like it, yeah, yeah, it's gross, it's gross. Like it's because the skunk, the weasel brews up tablespoons of this special musk and little pouches under its tail, then shoots it out on special occasions. Oh, um, there you go. Here's something for you. Told you to leave me alone. So yeah, don't don't corner a weasel. Don't don't do that. No, and I guess. Mm. Not a good idea. No, um, not. I have comments, but I'm going to keep them to myself. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. When when I found out the thick oily, okay, we'll move on from that. Um, question number two: How do weasels typically kill their prey? And I'll give you a hint, um, which this probably won't help, but it's actually the way jaguars kill. Do they bite them in the neck and go for the jugular? <laughs> and you, hey, you're very close. Um, um, the weasel, it corners and it grabs its prey. It wraps its muscular body around the animal to immobilize it and then delivers a single killing bite to the back of the head, puncturing the skull or spinal cord. Oh, my gosh. That is so, like, yeah. ooh. That's just, wow. I know. And you wouldn't, I mean, to look at them, you just wouldn't think that because on some of the pictures, they're actually cute animals, but it's like, okay. They they said they sort of, they're, they're bloodthirsty. Like, okay. Wow. Okay. There you go. I want one on my team. Then be on the other side. Let me get me two side weasels with me. Let's go, guys. Yeah. You know, hey, they would make a great addition. Uh, okay. So we've got one more weasel question. And this is why do weasels dance? Dance? Mhm. Okay, first didn't know that they did, but yeah. uh, why do weasels dance? Because I don't know, because they're happy. <laughs> that could be part of it, but um they and there's some animal also called a stoat, as you'll find out. Weasels, stoats, and even domesticated ferrets all perform a hilarious weasel war dance when they've got their prey cornered. Scientists aren't totally sure why they do this, but one theory is that the weasel's wacky twisting, hopping, and darting around distracts, confuses, or even hypnotizes prey animals. Because they said in one case, researchers concluded that a number of rabbits killed by stoats had actually died of fright after being subjected to the weasel war dance. 
Oh, my goodness. You know the next time we're cornered, Jay, we're going to have to break out in the Weasel War Dance. I think we need to see some video of it first. I can picture it, but I think we need to see I some can, video. I can picture it, but I'm, I can see us like going back and forth. Come on, you can't get us. <laughs> and I um, think what, whatever it is, they'd just be confused and just be like, never mind. They're, they're yeah, they'll be like, you know what? We're going to let you have this, and we're going to move on to our next prank. We're going to go but you know what? They even um, they'll sometimes do it though when there's no prey in sight, and they just say sometimes they'll just dance on their own with no audience. And so they were just saying sometimes weasels just may dance for the same reasons we do for fun. You know what, Jay? Sometimes you just gotta dance. Yes. So sometimes I mean, hey, put on a little music. Hey, weasel war dance. Here we come. Next time, next time we hit the club, Jay, we're doing the weasel war dance. <laughs> Why do I see that as being never? The minute you said next time we hit the club, I'm thinking, when is the next time we're going to the club? Because we never get to say that. We never get to say, you know, no. The the last time we attempted to go to a club, it didn't go so well. We didn't quite make it, but that's another story. We made it. No, we made it. No, we didn't. We got some great Mm -hmm. chicken and waffles, though. Yeah, we did. We did, and we got to see all the people standing in line to get in the club, but we We, didn't go. We drove by it, but, you know, different story, different topics. Yeah, di- different oh. different topic. Who knows? Maybe we can mention it on the fall episode. But okay, I digress. And so anyway, the weasel episode it was very fascinating, and I would have liked to post it more. But of course, this topic isn't about weasels, so I kind of had to move on. But who knows? Could be a potential topic for November. We don't have our November show scheduled, so who knows? You might hear about the weasel again. And if you'd like um, today, if you like today's trivia question, be sure to check out Friday's um, blog post at she'satorty.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to join in today's conversation, you're welcome to call in at 347-838-8313, or you can listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she'satorty. Links from information used in today's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Okay, now on to pet obesity. How, how can we keep our pets healthy? But first off, okay, how exactly do you tell whether your pet is obese? And I know that may sound like a silly question because, you know, you should be able to visibly kind of look at them and tell, but what is the criteria for finding out that your pet is obese? And there's actually criteria for it. There's criteria. Well, you know, I think I remember reading something about that. That's what I was trying to I thought I had a little, I got a blurb here somewhere, but I've got so much stuff. In it. <laughs> so you know, for one thing, they said that you should, um, you should be able to feel their ribs. Yeah. If you kind of run run your hand, up, I guess, along their little side, you should be able to kind of feel their ribs. You know, I remember with I remember with with the Boomster because God bless Boomer, he hit a certain age and he went from being a crazy crazy dog, ran around, did everything, to he was like, okay, yeah, give me my food, give me my snacks, I'm going over here and take a nap, and so that's. <laughs> That's kind of when we kind of realized, oh, we've got to get him more active. But I know that there was a time where, and I think I remember reading, seeing this on like a, a pet or animal show, where you could um, 
I think, stand over them. And for certain dolls, you can see how kind of they go in, sort of, or you can yeah. Kind of or, yeah, the formation of their body or whatever. And if you couldn't see that on some of them, they might be gaining weight or have a little bit too, mo- too much weight on their frame. Yeah, because um, where is this is on vetmedicine.com. They were saying, um, yeah, like you were saying, when viewed from above, your pet's back should show some gentle curves, a gentle yes. dip after the ribs along the waist area, and a gradual slope to the base of the tail. And when viewed from the side, you should see a tucked-up area just before the hind legs, not a flat line along the base of the belly. Exactly. And that's kind of what – and I, I remember seeing that on something, and that's kind of the thing that I kind of would – well, Boomer just kind of got into an area where he was, you know, he loved snacks. And, you know, he couldn't get the snacks unless we gave it to him, and that's something else I want to talk about too. But, um um, yeah, it was one of those things where when he was kind of fit and in, you know, his prime, you could tell he was, you know, within his weight and everything and healthy because he had that when he stood above him, he had that kind of shape where it was kind of brought out on the ribs and then it went into a little slope and it came back out a little bit. So he was, you know, just take a look. You could just kind of feel too. But um, get above your animal, if it's a dog or something like that, and just kind of look down to see if you can see the shape. Of, of the dog or if it's just or animal or if it's just one long kind of thing you might want to cut back on some stuff yeah and, and something to keep in mind too is there is a difference between overweight and obese so you want to kind of catch them really it, it would be nice if you just didn't even let them get to that point of getting overweight in the first place but yeah. you're still kind of good if you can kind of catch them in the overweight zone but you want to yeah. try to keep them from crossing over from overweight into actually being obese. Usually when they're all the way obese, you can tell it because I think we've all seen the big fat round cats or the big fat round dogs, and, and they they just sort of become like balls. They're just, yeah. they have a little beach ball shape. You know, I think when they're at that point, it's safe to say they're obese already. I saw a picture of a dash hound, and... All I gotta say, and he and they're actually thankfully that they're losing. He's there. He's in a program. He's, he's losing weight. But the before picture was literally this dash hound was body, and he, then he had four little feet sticking out and a little bitty head, and it looked the oddest thing. He looked like he was. You just looked at him and you just felt bad for him because he looked like he was very uncomfortable. He just looked like he was very very uncomfortable. It looked really bad, sad. And if you ever seen some of these animals that are obese, like I've seen a cat where it's just like, you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, how did it? You've got to know that there's a point where you're like, oh, my gosh. And I think I remember reading a story where this person was like, um, his, his uh, I think it was his, I think it was his dog had a problem. And they, they were, you know, one of the problems was the family didn't want to respect his, his, you know, he put rules down, don't feed them, you know, table food and don't feed them this, this. And the dog, and they stopped doing it, but the dog was so addicted that he learned how to open up the refrigerator. And they came in one day and found him in the refrigerator. Um, one of the, on the bottom shelf, he had eaten everything. On yeah, the I read shelf. that. I was like, oh, that? my goodness. Read it? Yeah, and he was like, I think, I don't know if he was dead or not. I don't know if that was it. Yeah, I, I wasn't clear on that part. Yeah. I wasn't clear whether or not he passed away, but I know he had eaten everything, and he was on, like, the bottom shelf just lying there. Just, 
had eaten everything on the bottom shelf. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But it's so true, though, because you get it. Because I'm just guilty of it, too, with, with Mr. Boomer, because you get into a habit of when you eat, they come around. And it's for cats, too. But when you eat, they come around and they give you that face and because you just want them to be happy and you want them to, you know, you want to just share a little bit of your food with them, not realizing that your food, people food, is really, really, really not a good thing for your, your, your pet anyway. But, um, and, you know, it kind of like if you snack and you eat and you want to give them snacks and, and, you know, it just adds up. And then you give them their dog treats and then you give them their regular food. And so all that stuff just kind of after a while will add up on the, on the calories, which is, you know, especially if they're not mobile and they're not moving to burn it off. Yeah, and then another interesting thing that I read was when you have more than one person living in the household, you can kind of have a situation where you may be feeding your pet, but then the other people are feeding them at other exactly. intervals too. So they're, And that pet learns that they can kind of go around to different people in the household and get things, you know. So it's like you may have multiple people feeding the pet. You may be like, well, I'm only feeding them X, Y, Z number of times, but then there may be two or three other people in the house who are also feeding them. Well, you know, in our household, we, you know, kind of cut back when Boomer got into this problem. We thought they had to kind of cut back. But unfortunately, in this house, we had an enabler. <laughs> we yes. will not mention any names of anybody. Pop. But anyway, we had an enabler that, uh, you know, that had him just wrapped around his, that, you know, Boomer had him wrapped around his, his little paw. And he, you know, and we would catch it for the most part. We would, But I know if he was ever left alone. They had a party. I know it was. I just knew it was because we would come home, and then my, you know, my the other people were involved in it. And you know, you would come home and you would find that, that there's like, you know, gravy and stuff on the. Door. You're like, what? What's been eating? Has it been eating anything? No. And he comes to you like, why is there cornbread in his in his face? <laughs> what? What is there? Are you giving him any nope? And he's just coming to you like mm-hmm, licking it off, and I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> it's hard, but you got to get everybody on the same page. You got to get everybody on the same page, and that's healthy things you can give. You know what we would give him instead of giving him, you know, food, food, food. We would kind of give him like carrots, which he loved carrots. You know, healthy kind of things. It's the things that they could actually eat. Things that you know dogs and stuff like that can actually eat because there's something you want to make sure if you're going to give them people food it's something that they you know healthy people food something that they can eat something that's kind of natural or whatever just do your research on that but for him I know it was like carrots he loved carrots oh my gosh carrots is just his favorite thing in the world um and see that's a good thing because at least that was something healthy for him yeah and you know he could get his little and we would get I would buy like the bag of the mini carrots and just cut and I would actually even cut that in half just so that he could get like a little treat, because for him it was he was he was like really ruled by his stomach. I mean, his stomach was the thing that made him do anything, live, be happy. So you don't want to you know take away a lot of the stuff, but you just want to change and change the amount that you give, the frequency that you give it, and you know the things that you're actually giving it. So 
And you know what? I've seen some kind of conflicting information because one of the articles I was reading was saying it's not a good idea to simply reduce the volume of their current food because that may cause malnourishment over time. Yes. But then I've seen some other ones that say, you know, just cut their food in half, in like a third or something. But I guess the main thing is um, – First of all, just consult with your vet, and they'll kind of direct you on how you need to maybe safely exactly. do it. Because I think in the end, of course, you do have to reduce what they're eating. But I guess rather than try to do it on your own, just sort of let the vet help, you know, kind of give you some guidelines first. Yes, if you exactly. can afford a vet. If you can, if yes. you can afford a vet. I mean, that, um, I think it is a good idea to probably reduce the volume. But when I saw that, because I never thought about that when they said that it could cause malnutrition over time. So I guess if you can afford a vet, you know, maybe go in and let them kind of give you some guidelines on that. Exactly, and just always, and and if you know, if you can't afford a vet, try to do as much research that you can and weigh your options to make sure that you're not going to be doing anything that's going to harm your pet. So, you know, I understand that some people can't, you know, afford a vet and go to a vet or whatever, but try to do as much, you know, go to the library. You can get information there free and try to find as much information as you can or, or something like that, that, that you know, pet obesity, what prevention things you can do like that to, to kind of help them out. Most importantly is you just you don't want to give them, you know, a lot of people food and you don't want to feed them large amounts over a large, you know, over, you know, a period of time and stuff like that. Because that people food is just so high in calories. And I think, I don't know, I think there's something where I, I read where the calories are kind of doubled or something for animals or something like that. So it, 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 it's not a good idea to give them people food. It's hard to resist. I know because I've had a warm, cold nose with his head in my lap looking at me saying, please, can I have a piece of hamburger? Oh. And so, you know, I know what that feels like, and they give you the call, like, please, please, and you just, and if you're like me, I'm a sucker and pushover. So. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. hard. It's hard. Yeah, it, it is. It is hard. Um, I guess one of the things you can maybe kind of use as motivation, not saying it still won't be hard, but just keep in mind that obesity causes some of the same problems in animals that it does in humans. It can cause arthritis, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, kidney disease, certain cancers, heart and respiratory disease. And I didn't even know they, they said that it can cut off like maybe two and a half years of their life. Yeah, yeah, it it. I mean, you just it's sort of like a human, you know. If you think about humans, we eat bad foods and you gain lots of weight and you're not exercising, you're not taking care, you're shortening your life. So I guess it's sort of the same kind of thing you apply it to your animal that it would be for your pet. I mean, for your human, for your pet. So it's, it's you know, with Boomer, we could tell when he started to get um, heavier, arthritis was a big problem for him. He started having really bad joint problems because he was already suffering from that anyway because I think that was kind of one of the problems for a child was like joint problems, arthritis problems. And when the extra weight set in on it, that just made it even worse. So it was one of those things where you kind of had to do it just for the sake of him just being, being able to be mobile, you know, healthily and to get around. Yeah, and now I don't know if you saw this, Dee, but I found this fascinating. Had no idea because I would have thought it was like dogs and cats, but they were saying that obesity is the number one health problem in in pet birds. Oh, that really? shocked me. That, that no. shocked me. It says most birds have food available all the time so they don't have to work for their dinner. So that's a number one health problem in birds. There you go. There you go. I never. I don't know if I've ever seen an obese bird before. Maybe I was seeing an obese bird and didn't know it because 
you just think maybe there is a weight guideline for birds or something. So maybe I was seeing one, just didn't know I was seeing one. But I didn't realize. I didn't know that. Huh. And apparently a lot of people, you know, a lot of us don't know just obesity, you know, when we see it anyway because they said there's something called the fat pet gap, and it's the normalization of obesity by pet owners, which means, you know, fat fat pets equal new normal. Because a lot of times, I guess you don't, you may not know it at first. Because I mean, Missy, Missy is a what I would call a healthy cat. You know, I I don't know if other people use that term, but how you might say somebody's just they're healthy. You know, and that that's a way. You're not saying that they're they're fat, but you know, they they just have a, yeah. a decent good. They're solid. They're good and they're solid. Not, you know. Yeah, they're not solid. They're not starving for any meals. They they've been yeah. Solid. Yeah, so that, you know, but I don't know. Missy um, weighs around 12 pounds, which I don't know. Actually, I might go to a vet and they might. I don't think they've ever told me she was overweight, though. So maybe that was normal, but, but you could kind of, you could, you know, Missy, she's healthy. She's a, um, she's not a skinny cat, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah you can feel her. So. Yeah, yeah. When you pick her up, she, she's got weight to her. So, But uh, apparently a lot of people don't know, you know, what a what an obese pet is, actually, or maybe we don't know what an overweight pet is. Yeah, yeah. This show went by quick. Yeah, this went by so quick, and we have a lot of other good information, but what we'll do, we'll make sure that we post all the links, you know, on our social media pages because this is important info. Um, Also, be sure to join us next Saturday. Our topic, if I could talk today, our topic is going to be animal news around the world. So tune in for that one, and we should be back at our normal time of 5 p.m. Central. And we want to thank you guys once again for tuning in, and we wish you a happy remainder of your Saturday. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.